then would you stand and pray with me? Lord, you made us in your image, creators able to walk in your footsteps. You made us creators, dreaming children in a universe filled with wonder. Let us look with grateful eyes upon the world to see your creation with new eyes and draw new pictures in the sand, visible dreams of an invisible love. Amen. We stand and sing, Morning Has Broken. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night and there was the evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seeds in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, and it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the sea monsters, and every living creature that moves, of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon earth. So God created humankind in his image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Shalom. So today we celebrate creation. Before I begin, I just want to mention that yesterday, February 4th, my family celebrated our eighth anniversary of coming to America. And it's worth to note that four out of these eight years, I've been here among you in CLU. So. For us, it was also the holiday of Tu Bishvat, which celebrates creation, nature, renewal, and emphasize environmental awareness. We celebrate by eating symbolic fruits, figs, olives, pomegranates, dates, and by planting trees. Strange, it would seem, that such a holiday lands in the middle of winter. I know you cannot really feel winter, but it is winter. <laughs> and not in the spring. What fruit can a cold winter ground bear? Why plant trees in the, win in the middle of winter when it's cold and dark? When one is not sure if there will be enough water to support the young plant, or maybe too much water and snow. We praise God's nature and its barren trees for this reason exactly. Anyone can thank God for the blessing of tangible fruits, but can you still praise him when the fruits are gone? Tubishvat reminds us to praise, to trust, and hope, even when the reality is not so bright and clear. For the fruit we eat, pomegranates, figs, dates, olives, they all stop producing fruits at this time of the year. You cannot find them in nature. Ever since last spring, God has nurtured us and provided us with fruit to eat and enjoy. But now we must take care of ourselves and give back. We should not expect fruits to hang low from God's hands all the time, <laughs> all year long. We should also remember that a man is like a tree of the field. Not only we need to, we need to find our own fruits, but our own trunk. We should question in what ground we sink our roots. Where do we want to spread our branches? How are we being part of the ecosystems around us? Cold winter may be dark and lonesome, arise doubts and concerns. Yet, still, we must praise God for what we have, for blessing us with who we are. The holiday of Tubishvat originated, originated by ancient farmers in the land of Israel and was celebrated in different capacities throughout the generations. In the 1600s, the Jewish mystics, the Kabbalists, connected the general theme of trees to the theme of the tree of life. They developed mystical prayers and practices which celebrated the flow 
of divine energy from the tree of life to the whole universe. In the 20th century, Tu Bishvat was reintroduced as the Jewish Arbor Day by Zionist settlers in the land of Israel and has been celebrated ever since in Jewish communities throughout the world. As Jewish Arbor Day, we emphasize seven principles that articulate our, our environmental understanding. Let's call it the seven principles of environmental sustainability. Alas, Stephen Covey, the seven principles. I would like to share this, these principles with you. Although these principles were articulated through Jewish texts and lenses, I believe they are relevant and applicable to all of us. Genesis, the creation narrative. The earth was created by God and thus belongs to him. We are re weakly reminded of this principle as we celebrate Shabbat, the day of rest. Shabbat is not only for physical rest, spiritual renewal, and social equality. It is also the one day out of seven that Jewish people try to limit their consumption of resources. Traditionally, Jewish people do not work, drive, shop, or produce anything on Shabbat. This idea that the land belongs to God and thus has the fundamental right to rest and renewal was elaborated in the laws of sabbatical year, as we learn from Leviticus 25. But the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath of complete rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. This year happened to be a sabbatical year, Shemitah, and it is observed in Israel. The Jubilee year is seven times seven and was celebrated as the 50th year. How can we celebrate Shabbat, wherever they, the day may be, as a celebration of creation and respect for nature and its resources? Another principle derived from the creation narrative is order and balance. Biblical understanding that there is order and balance in creation. Order, Seder in Hebrew, in the Jewish tradition, invokes the sense of creator, holiness, and meaning to the world. We, as humans, are charged to take care of the sacred by keeping the cosmic balance on planet Earth. The Torah is warning us time and again against disrupting God's order and law. Second principle, human responsibility in creation. A Hasidic story tells us when God stepped back from the canvas of creation, he recognized that some finishing lines were missing. Instead of raising the painter's brush again, he paused and gave it to us. 
placing the final responsibility of ongoing creation in our hands. Third principle, the interconnectedness between humans and Earth, Adam, Adama. Martin Buber, the Jewish philosopher, asserts in his commentary to Genesis that when humans were created, the bond between Adam, humans, and Adama, Earth, was created. Buber focuses on the interdependentness of people and soil, explaining, the humans and Earth are united, one with the other from the beginning to the very end of time. They are bound up with one another, for better and for worse. But in such way that it is the humans who determine the fate of the Earth, and by his conduct, the fate in which in turn becomes his own. Fourth principle, intergenerational responsibility. Our, our sages told a story about a young man who saw an old man toiling in the heat planting carob tree. The lad asked, how long it will take you to see fruits from this tree? The old man replied that it will take the carob tree about 70 years to yield fruit. You fool, said the lad. You will never be able to enjoy the fruits of this tree. Never mind, replied the man. As I came to the world with trees that were planted for me, thus I'm planting trees for my grandchildren. Eating fruits, also one of our traditional. A fruit is a final product of the older generation of tree, which bears within it seeds for the next generation. In eating fruits, we are reminded that as we enjoyed the fruits of labor of earlier generations, we are also charged with responsibility for the seeds, for the future. Fifth principle, do not destroy or waste. This law is one of 630 holy commandments, mitzvot, of rabbinic Judaism. This commandment was later expended in Jewish sources to warn against the prohibition of wasteful consumption of food, household goods, and other earth resources. In modern Jewish sustainable environmentalism, environmentalism <laughs> Baltashchit is considered the primary call for moderate, modest, sustainable living and conservation of water, energy, and the resources it came from. Today, we may refer to these principles as the three R's. Reduce, reuse, recycle. We all know them. Six, tsa'ar ba'alei cha'im. The prohibition against cruelty to animals. Being God's creatures, animals can feel pain and sorrow. We are to treat our brothers in creation in a fair manner and obtain 
from causing unnecessary pain or discomfort to animals. The Torah alludes to that early in Exodus as part of social commandments. Exodus 23 reads, when you see the ass of your enemy lying under its burden, you must leave everything and help it. Different aspects of not causing unnecessary harm to animals are referenced throughout the Bible, vast Jewish scholarship, and halakha, Jewish law. The laws of kashrut, for example, have to do with the proper way to slaughter an animal in the most humane way. It also suggests that it is a good virtue to obtain from overly consumption of meat. Today, the new culinary slash health trend is Meatless Mondays. Does anyone ready for this? Ready to try? Tikkun olam, the seventh principle, mending God's world. Tikkun olam is both in the physical realm of environmentalism and sustainability, such as environmental awareness, education, and engineering. But it is also in the realm of social justice, or better said, social action. The Kabbalists, the Jewish mystics in the Middle Ages, created the notion of letaken olam b'malchut shaddai, to mend the world under God's nourishing kingdom. They believed the pursuit of the Jewish people was to repent, repair the broken vessels in the world in order to allow the, the divine energy to flow to all creation. Through good deeds and sincere intentions, humans can influence the flow of Shefa, God's abundance and goodness in the world. Century later, centuries later, modern Judaism still states in, this daily, in its daily liturgy that it is our responsibility to do tikkun olam. Aleinu prayer literally means it is up to us. Our understanding is that we have the power and with that comes the obligation to act in this broken world. It is up to all of us to repair the broken, to mend and heal, to fix the pipes of the universal flow of goodness, to allow Shefa, God's abundance, to flow and reach all inhabitants of the world. Amen. Let us pray. God of dawn and dusk, open my eyes to the beauty of the world and its goodness. Your peace brings all life together. Through the love of mother and child, the loyalty of friends and the companionships of animals and humans. As I awaken to the world that you have made, I know this harmony again and your presence in it. With all creation, I respond with praise and give thanks. 
to your name. Amen. We stand and sing. Here, everyone. 